Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Moon, and this is episode 114. I'm coming at you from America. Yes, it's true. I'm back in Boulder, Colorado, and honestly, I couldn't be happier. If you're on my newsletter list, you got an email from me last week where I explained some of the things that I was experiencing and how I really felt about coming home. And I put that post up, I put that newsletter up on my blog as a post. So you can read it, not too late. And it's called Why I Stopped Traveling. So head on over there if you want to check it out. But in a nutshell, man, I just had the best time traveling. I have had so much fun. The three months that I spent over in Asia were just the most amazing gifts that I have received ever. It was just so beautiful, so beautiful, so transformative. It was just such an amazing experience. With that said, I was also very tired. I got very tired towards the end of my travels, probably around the two and a half month mark. I was just really tired of having to see where I was going to eat lunch, how do I get Wi-Fi, getting a new SIM card, getting transportation on a boat or on a plane or on a train or getting here, making new friends. Are these friends even going to be here tomorrow or next week? Or are they traveling? Are they on the way? Where am I going to live next? Where do I want to travel next? How do I get a visa? All of those things. And I know it was only two and a half months. So bravo for you people who do it for a year. I think that takes so much time and energy and that's great. You can keep it up. But for me, three months was a perfect time because I am extremely focused on my business and my podcast and videos and coaching. And that's really where my heart and attention is. And for a while, I was so happy being able to travel and do that at the same time. But when I became tired, like I said, when I just got really tired, it was hard for me to keep the momentum up with both of them. So I decided to come back to Boulder. Here I am. And I'm just so happy just being able to wake up in my home and have my routine, have my rituals, see my friends, see the mountains, get on my bike. Those little things in life now have become big things. And I feel very blessed, very grateful, and very just... I'm just filled with joy. Let's say that. I'm just filled with so much joy to be back here. We have a great episode lined up today with Samantha Skelly. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Before we head over there, let's talk about this retreat that I have coming up. It's on September 29th, which is a Thursday to October 2nd on Sunday. Now, why did I decide to create this retreat? I decided to create this retreat because Hey, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, a very long time. I've wanted to gather girls here together and invite them into my home. Yes, I'm going to have this in my home. So it's going to be us diving deep, uncovering vulnerabilities, insecurities, making goals, becoming more self-aware, taking care of ourselves, having a wonderful weekend of growth and self-care. That's my goal. I want each and every girl to walk away feeling refreshed and feeling alive and knowing for certain that they're walking away with everything they had hoped for plus so much more. I want women to be able to have a safe space where they can explore ideas, they can explore their insecurities and talk about them with each other and we work through them together. So you leave feeling more confident, having more self-awareness, self-esteem, self-love, self-appreciation, feeling refreshed and feeling 
renewed. That's what I want you to feel is renewed and forever free. All the things weighing you down in life, sometimes a weekend can go so far. One weekend, three days, four days sometimes, those those moments you have in retreats can impact you for a lifetime. And I'm speaking about this from experience because like I said in my last episode, I went to a retreat that was only two days long with um, my one of my biggest uh, mentors and coaches and it changed my life forever. So many things, especially relationships. It really did uh, do a lot of work on relationships, which I didn't know that was going to happen. I went into the retreat thinking it was going to be all about like business, how to grow your business, how to be a better coach and speaker. And instead, we talked about the relationship struggles I was having and how I was being a block in this relationship and what would be the best path for me to take to either move forward with the relationship and, and better it or to let it go if it wasn't working for me. And many other things. And I've got a whole notebook just filled with all of the notes and the the lessons that I learned on that. And that is the goal that I want to have for this retreat, plus fun. I definitely know that it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing hiking, eating amazing food, hopefully planning out a way to do some yoga. And I'm bringing in an incredible workshop leader who I had on the podcast. Her name is Ginger Kern. If you haven't listened to that, check out the podcast I did with Ginger. She is a world traveler. She's going to be coming in and leading a workshop with the girls, a transformative workshop, and it's going to be so beautiful, so insightful, and I cannot wait. And I have some other surprises along the way. So if you would like to come to this retreat, just reach out to me. You can either apply for it by going to the coaching tab on my website and go to retreats and apply now or reach out to me directly. You can just email me hello at maddiemoon.com. There's a contact page on my site. I've got a few spots left and I'm looking to get those girls on board so that I know the exact count that I'm going to be having for this retreat. So even if it's something that you really want to do, but you don't know how you can swing it, just reach out to me. I am a very open and um, easy person to talk to, and I want to figure out a way to make this work for you. If it's something that your heart desires and it's an investment you want to make, then just reach out to me because I'm flexible and I would like to help you figure out a way to get this on your planner and get your booty over here to Colorado. All right. I'm so excited for that. So I cannot wait to see which girls show up. I already have such an amazing group of girls right now and I'm just like on cloud nine and I'm jumping out of my skin with excitement to have everyone here together. Oh my gosh, this is just the best thing I've ever done. Really, it is. And it hasn't even happened, but I know it is. So before we head on over to speak with the amazing Samantha, here's the review of the week. It comes from Morgan NJ and she says, holistic help for the real world. With five stars. Maddie brings on fantastic guests that help uncover different faucets of creating your own body positivity. So many people practice disordered eating without even knowing it, and Mind Body Musings is a great way to start to break down some of your internalized habits that you may not be aware of. Thank you, Morgan. And for Samantha, Samantha Skelly is the founder of Hungry for Happiness, a movement to support women around the world who are suffering from disordered eating and body image issues. She is a award-winning, sought-out international speaker who delivers inspirational presentations to empower those who struggle with 
the relationship they have to food and their bodies. Samantha has appeared on Global TV, Shaw, NBC, and CBC to share her mission on an international platform. Hungry for Happiness creates online, accessible, and affordable recovery resources to those who are suffering in silence. Samantha was awarded Top 24 Under 24 in September 2013. In 2014, she was a finalist as the Best Emerging Entrepreneur by Small Business BC. Samantha Skelly aims to create a disruptive company in the eating disorder recovery space. Her vision is to create the largest and most impactful online resource to support those whose lives are negatively affected by issues with food in their bodies. We had such an awesome kick booty podcast today talking about mantras and meditation and reprogramming deep subconscious beliefs. And yes, of course, a little bit of food, a little bit of body image, a lot of that actually. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Keep an open mind because Samantha has some new ideas to present to us and as always, uh, Mind Body Musings is a place for all ideas and perspectives, of course, as long as they are body positive. And Samantha is just a very interesting, great speaker. And I loved just chatting with her because she's an incredible human being. And that's what I'm all about, cool human beings. So let's head on over to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Again, this is episode 114 and I'll see you over there. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. The show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I'm here with my dear friend Samantha Skelly. How are you, Samantha? I am so good, my love. So so good. Do you go by Sam or do you go by Samantha? Okay, so I think I'm having a bit of an identity crisis with this. So I've been introducing myself as Samantha. But then I call myself Sam all the time. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. A lot of people call me Skelly as well, which is obviously my last name. But I'm good with anything. That's cute. I like Skelly. And it's funny and- because I had the same exact thing. Like, names are so weird because I've always gone by Madeline. But mm-hmm. when I decided to go with MaddieMoon.com as my domain... I was like, oh, I should just introduce myself as Maddie now because that makes more sense. So people resonate with Maddie when they see my face and they know it's Maddie, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And now I've been like, <laughs> I miss Madeline. Like, That's my name. Why is everyone calling me Maddie? It's so funny. Like, it's just a name. That's hilarious. I know. I know. It's so funny. And there's this movement now where, like, everyone's just changing their name. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, people are just changing their name to get new identities. Yeah, anyway. which I think is cool because, like, we should have the right to name ourselves. Hello. But mm-hmm. I like I like my name. and I love your name. It's yeah, great. It's, thank you. I, I like it. It's fun. I, I love your name, Samantha Skelly. It just, like, rolls off Samantha the tongue. Skelly. 
<laughs> there we go. So the first thing we do in the podcast is talk about the guest's background and their story. So how did you come to be Samantha Skelly, the founder of Hungry for Happiness? What is your story? And lay it on us. All right. I'll lay it down. So I grew up in the performance industry. So I was a child actress. I was a stunt double for a show up here in Canada called Smallville. And I was a dancer. I was a very competitive contemporary and hip hop dancer. So pretty much my entire childhood was either spent on a stage in front of a camera, auditioning, performing, training. And so I was very immersed, very heavy into that into that whole scene. So my whole life, I was, even from a young child, I was a perfectionist, you know, always super hard on myself. My body was always under a microscope. I was always, you know, striving to be smaller, fitter, jump hard, jump faster, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it didn't affect me as far as my relationship with food when I was younger. However, when I was 18, I began to become really obsessed with the relationship I had to food and, and to my body. And I think what happened during that transition was I, I lost a lot of my significance when I quit dancing and quit acting. And that performer in me kind of went to sleep and I had to go on a quest to find my own personal significance. Like who is Samantha Skelly when she's not on a stage or, you know, in a TV show. And so that was really challenging for me for so long. And unfortunately I chose to be ruthlessly, ruthlessly obsessed with getting skinny and getting fit. And, and, um, it became an obsession as far as just being, incredibly hard on myself as far as how many calories I I take in in the day and how much I'm working out and and I was always looking outside of myself always comparing myself and it was a fairly painful period of my life and at this point I was living in Australia I was with my best friend Maria and we were traveling around and you know I was in paradise I was in paradise just like hoping that um you know I I could get better and I was trying to trying to feel better and unfortunately I kept digging myself into a deeper and deeper hole when it came to this this kind of stuff and eventually I ended up in the hospital being you know I was malnourished just because I didn't wasn't giving my body the right nutrients it actually needed and so I call this period of my life my diet depression and it was just like this constant battle of restriction and overeating and restriction and overeating and that went on for four years. So the final year of it was was the worst. I was living in England in London. And at the time, I had a personal training company, which is totally out of alignment. Um, I, behind the scenes, I was just like really struggling and then, you know, helping people with their health, which made absolutely no sense whatsoever. So I ended up actually getting deported from England and moving back to Canada which is going to be interesting when I try and get into the country next week. We'll see how that goes. And I decided that I was going to spend the next three years of my life just repairing the relationship I had to food and to my body and searching for significance in something greater than the number on the scale. And so I did. I eliminated, you know, boys, booze, everything that kind of would distract myself from getting well. And I just had to really work through a lot of the barriers that were preventing me from being happy in my body and using food for health and hunger. And so 
after that journey, which was about three years, I realized that this is my mission. This is my message. I need to share this with the world and, and educate women on how to break free from that diet binge cycle and how to just fall back in love with themselves no matter what size they are currently and experience lightness in, in their bodies and emotionally and physically if they like. And so Hungry for Happiness was born October 2014. And I'm just on this mad mission to become the largest resource for eating, uh, disordered eating, mostly the overeating side and body image. So it's been, it's been a ride. It's been fun. Oh, I love it. That's so beautiful. And I, I can relate to so many of those things that you've gone through. What did that initial process look like for you when you realized, okay, I have a problem and I need to face it? How did you accept it and be vulnerable with others in regards to it? Well, I tried to do it on my own for so long and I read all the books, you know, Janine Roth, like I'm sure you're familiar and, and just like research the gurus who, who this was their jam. And unfortunately I wasn't getting anywhere and I was hitting a lot of resistance, a lot of fear. And so I eventually reached out and hired a coach who is here in Vancouver and he told me to meditate. And I was like, I, dude, I am not sitting in a room by myself in the dark or however you do this for 10 minutes every morning, getting into my body. Like that is the most confronting thing ever. I was on a mission to run away from my body for so long. And you're, you're telling me to get in my body. Like that does, that does not add up. That does not make any sense whatsoever. And so I fought it and fought it and fought it. I, I went to the sessions being like, yeah, I did this whole meditation thing. It was great. And like, obviously I wasn't doing it cause I wasn't breaking through. I wasn't seeing any results. And eventually I just, just, decided to get over myself and just really dial this thing in and get into my body, discover my intuition, discover what my body is actually wanting and needing and really tap into that inner guidance, that inner wisdom that I denied myself from and just suppressed for so long. And that was a beautiful journey. It was difficult to start with. And as soon as I felt like I could trust myself again, I just kept leaning in and leaning in and leaning in. And eventually I got to a place where I could look at a, you know, a, I could look at food and not freak out or not worry about how many calories were in it or not worry about where it's going to end up on my body. And the freedom I felt from that was beautiful. And I do... I, yeah, meditation for me was was one of the biggest catalysts in allowing me to just find myself again, find my truth again, and not get so caught up in, you know, the the messaging from the weight loss industry. What did your meditation look like? Was it mm. lying down, just nothing but ten minutes, listening to music, sitting up? Was it different every day? I, my mind is so crazy that I needed to do a guided meditation or else I just wouldn't have done it. Um, so it was guided meditations and Wayne Dyer in particular is my, is my favorite. Um, even now his stuff is my favorite, his guided meditations. Um, Bob Proctor is also does a great job. <laughs> hmm, okay. I'll have to look into more of that because mm. both of those people are like, I know they're just so huge and they're my coach's biggest role models. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
learn from the, yeah. the ones that you learn from, learn from. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's it. That's it. With um, Wayne Dyer has this beautiful one called Meditations for Manifestations. And it's actually a sound meditation, which is one of the most powerful and profound things that I can do. And I use it when I'm in a creation phase in my business, when I'm creating new clients or creating a book or whatever it is, a project. And the visceral vibrations paired with the sound, something happens. I don't even know. I can't even put words to it. But magical things happen when I when I do that every morning. It's beautiful. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm mm. writing this down because I need to check this out, doing yeah, meditations. It's, it's something that I've been getting into with the past two weeks. I'd say mm. I, it's been a challenge for me as well. It's something my coach was like, okay, you're going to listen to this, um, meditation every morning for this amount of time. And then you're going to write down, um, this mantra over and over and over 20 times. And, and for me, it was like, Oh my gosh, what? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I resisted it for about two weeks. And then when he found out I was resisting it, we spent pretty much an hour just talking about how important this is. And I finally got it from after everything mm -hmm. he was saying. I was like, okay, I, I believe you now. <laughs> Before mm -hmm. we kind of like didn't really dive into why I should be doing this. And then after we talked about it, I was like, okay, I, I, I feel you. I see it. Yeah. So I started doing it seriously. Like put it on my calendar, 30 minutes every single morning of doing this meditation, doing the writing. And then afterwards I do, I write down three things I'm grateful for, three things um, I value in myself. And then I'm done for the morning. Oh, and then and then some prayer. So it's like four parts to this morning thing. And it sounds like a lot. And sometimes it feels like a lot, but it really takes about 30 minutes and that's it. So in 30 minutes, I could be perusing Facebook. I could be perusing, you know, the Twitter feed, Snapchats, or I could use it to really benefit myself. And I've noticed, I've noticed a difference. I've already noticed a difference from doing it for one week, constantly, no exceptions. Mm, it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. And it, what you're doing is at a very deep level is you're restructuring your, your, your brain, your beliefs. And when we restructure our beliefs and what we fundamentally believe in our core, that changes our thoughts, right? Automatically that changes our thoughts. It changes how we perceive the world, the things we think about, the things we, the, the things we focus on, whether that's scarcity, abundance, whatever it is. And those thoughts then manifest into our feelings and how we're actually feeling. Are we feeling in a high vibing state? Are we feeling like low shame, guilt, doubt, fear, whatever it is? And then feelings are perpetuated into actions, right? So how we're feeling determines what we act on and, and what we actually do, which is then the results of our lives. And that's what determines our lives. So if we can go to the very top and just like tap into that belief system and restructure that at a fundamental level, it has a beautiful exponential curve on the rest of our lives. And so that's the difference then from taking inspired action versus forced action. When we are not fully believing and have that like ingrained absolute inevitability in what we're doing, we tend to take forced action. So we just end up spinning our wheels because we actually don't believe what we're doing is going to work or that we're worth it or that we're not deserving. But when we can just tap into that subconscious seed in that belief and reprogram it, it has an incredible impact on our thoughts, feelings, actions, and therefore results. 
Right. Like when you think about it, you've been told one thing your entire life and you're coming to this realization that you don't want to live that way anymore. And you're doing stuff and you're doing exercises, but those exercises and those things you do often take up just a couple minutes in a day. And then you go about your day and you forget Mm. to work on your mind. So you can, you can do an action, you can do an exercise, you can do a journaling prompt, but then you walk around throughout your day. You have 11 more hours where Mm. you're not you're not consciously trying to work on those thoughts that are happening. So you're taking in Mm -hmm. message after message that say scarcity, rejection, fear, um, no, Mm -hmm. no trust this, that like all these negative things are being planted into your mind. You're not exercising your mind. So you're not working on your mind because you don't realize the importance of it. And then you're internalizing these messages. And then like that exercise you did that morning with your journaling, that one exercise you did is going to be for not mostly because where your mind is, that is really what matters. Where are you letting your thoughts go to? Because that's how you're Mm -hmm. going to act. That's how you're going to feel. And that's more Mm -hmm. of what you're going to create in your life. So if you really want to change your relationship with money, you need to constantly be putting in positive positive meditations or mantras or beliefs about money, say it enough times and you'll start to believe it. If you want to change Mm -hmm. your career or your passion and you know what you want and you want to see it happen, say it enough times and you'll believe it. You keep telling yourself the same thing. You keep writing it down. You keep talking to people who also support that and promote it. You will start to believe it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's Amazing. It's amazing. I l- the power of our mind when we can actually take ownership and responsibility and mastery over it is just incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful. We don't realize how powerful we are. We really do. Mm-mm. We really do. Mm. We leave everything up to circumstance, chance, or time. We're like, well, time will heal all. Circumstance <laughs> will allow this to happen. Chance. No. Mm. Like, you are, you are in more control than you think. I mean, of course, Mm -hmm. like I am spiritual and I'm Christian and I believe that there's way more than just me, but I do what I can. Um, Mm -hmm. I read something the other day that was, oh gosh, I wish I could tell you right now what the quote was. Actually, I can tell you because I've got my notes right here and I have to, oh yeah. When you pray, move your feet. So while Mm -hmm. I pray and while I leave things up to God, and I give it over to God, I'm going to move my feet as best I can. So I'll do what I can in my humanly little power to, mm-hmm. to make some, some magic happen here. I mean, of course I know it's that's not, amazing. yeah, it's not my will that's going to ultimately happen. It's his, but at the same time, like I can do mm-hmm. what I can do. You know, we can all do what we can exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. One of the things you talk about and I am assuming it's connected to, to all of this is emotional weight. Can you tell us what emotional weight is? Mm. When women are on a quest to transform their bodies, when they want to lose weight, they tend to only focus on the physical weight. Now, what happens when we do that is we're focusing on the physical weight, which means that we're, we've taken ourselves out of acceptance. We've taken ourselves out of gratitude for, for what is in the present moment. And we're taking force action. We're, we're, we're being, we're saying, I, I don't like my body. I don't like what's going on. So I'm going to diet and I'm going to, to rid myself of this weight. And it's all the physical weight that they're focused on. So they take action from a place of fear rather than love. Now, 
what happens then, and so many people are familiar with this, is they go on a restrictive diet. They restrict and restrict, which is a painful journey to get there. And as soon as they get to that, that goal weight or whatever it is, they throw in the towel and they end up gaining all the weight back plus more generally. Now, the reason why that happens is because they're not actually looking at the core reason as to why they are holding on to the weight. And so physical weight on our bodies is a, is a representation of the emotional weight that we are holding on to. A lot of times it's protection from various things, whether that's trauma, feeling the feeling, not feeling exposed, not feeling, being able to feel expressed, um, not, not feeling lovable. So it's very important if we are wanting to make a transformation in our body that we question the emotional weight that we are carrying on to. Then and only then can we transform from a place of love and trust. And that's what creates the sustainable transformation in mind and in body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what type of practices do you recommend to your clients to release this emotional weight on a day-to-day basis. Mm, Beautiful. Curiosity is everything. When we're not being curious about our triggers, when we're not getting curious about what stresses us out and what we're holding on to, and we just suppress it and numb it and use food to numb it, we really do not have access to releasing the weight. So it's about being so present to our emotional landscape and our emotional beings. And when we feel ourselves getting triggered, when we feel ourselves feeling stressed out, sad, depressed, whatever it is, it's a, it's, it's a questioning process. Okay. What's going on here? Why am I feeling like this? Where did this come from? Is this a byproduct of the a suppression from 20 years or is this something that happened today? What can I do to fill this need? How can I feel this way? And for most of the women that I work with, food is that answer. It's like, okay, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't like this feeling and I need a state change right now. So I'm going to create that state change through Ben and Jerry's. And so my whole philosophy for weight release is using like questioning, like what is actually going on here and how can I honor this need, whether it's a physical need or an emotional need, whatever it is, a hunger, whatever it is, how can I honor this? in the best way possible. And that process of taking space, honoring ourselves, connecting head and heart, mind and body is going to revolutionize the weight loss industry. I am 100% sure of it. So it's a, it's a process of getting into our bodies and getting curious about what's actually causing us to overeat. Hmm. And in your experience, can you narrow it down? Can you say that what you've seen a lot of times it's the same repeating thing with people like it's this one thing mm-hmm. that comes mm-hmm. back time one and of, time again mm-hmm. you know one of the most common and it's really quite sad and i want people listening to know that if this is y- your case and this is resonates with you you're so not alone and i deal with so many women who struggle with this is sexual trauma um and so they want to create a physical barrier to intimacy so they use food to do that and it's a very, very, very deep subconscious worry of, you know, if I lose the weight, then I will be vulnerable again. And so it's just about going through that process and, you know, educating women like you're, you're, you're safe, you know, you're beautiful, you're okay. It's, it's safe to release this emotional weight. It's safe to release this physical weight. And that's a quite an extreme case. Um, something else that comes up is if I'm, 
skinny or if I'm, you know, lose weight, then I won't be able to connect because humans like to connect over struggle and connection is one of our human needs. So a, a deep worry for a lot of people is if I'm skinny, then I won't be able to connect with the people that, that mean the most to me. And so again, a very subconscious, um, program and belief. So it sounds to me like you probably work with people who are on the opposite side of the spectrum of the people that I generally work with and they've been, that's right. Yeah. It's just, it's a little bit different. So, so you work a lot with emotional, but do you also work with physical weight and people who actually do want to lose pounds off of their body? It's very interesting. A lot of women come to me and they say, Sam, I, you know, Susie did your, your weight loss program. I want to do your weight loss program. How can I get it? And hungry for happiness. That's the farthest thing from a weight loss program. Weight loss is simply just the result of doing the work. So it's a result of using food for health and hunger. It's a result of being intuitive, connecting into our bodies, loving ourselves, being compassionate, releasing emotional weight. Weight loss is a byproduct of that. Does it happen? Yes, it does all day long. However, we do, we never focus on it. We never talk about calories. We never talk about portion sizes. We never talk about exercising. It's all the emotional stuff because that's what creates the most amount of leverage. So the majority of my clients struggle with using food as a drug. Now, that doesn't mean that they're that they have uh, weight on their body that they that they want to lose. That, that can mean, you know... Um, beautiful girl who whatever at, at any size, you know what I mean? It's just, it's the fact that they're using food for purposes other than health and hunger. Do you feel like for you, it's hard territory almost because like I have noticed that, you know, I, I, the only reason why I really feel like I'm noticing this more is because I'm kind of stepping out of talking all about food and body image. And I'm talking more about mindset, freedom, rejection, fear. Like that's kind of the direction my business is moving in. And you'll probably notice that just from my work, like I'm talking a lot more than the videos and all this, but as I have, like, I'm starting to feel a little bit more indifferent to weight loss. Like before the past couple of years, it's been nothing but like, oh, it's a bad thing. Like don't yeah. ever, but you know, like honestly, some people just might feel better. Like when mm -hmm. they focus on the, um, I'm not saying feel better if they go on a weight loss program people. I'm just not what I'm saying. I'm saying they may feel better if they focus on the emotional weight and then physical result, uh, physical weight is a, a byproduct. Mm -hmm. Like you said, now mm -hmm. with what you do, being a coach for releasing emotional weight and people coming to you for physical weight loss results, is it hard for you to be a body positive role model and teacher and in the disordered eating realm and also be okay with weight loss, right? Like, do you understand my question? Like, it's just, there's mm -hmm. beef with the words weight loss in mm -hmm. for so many body image coaches, like weight loss is a terrible, terrible thing. And I don't mm -hmm. want to be on either extreme. Like I just don't, I, it, weight is just such a t touchy issue. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been personally attacked or have you ever been, put down because you are a body positive role model that isn't afraid of the words weight loss? You know, it's, I have not been attacked. I've been questioned and I have a very solid answer for this. Number one, it's not about weight loss. It's about weight release. What are you releasing, right? What are you releasing? What are you holding on to? That's not serving you. And that can be emotional. That could be physical, whatever, however that shows up. My whole jam is lightness. 
lightness, lightness in mind, lightness in body. That does not mean losing weight. That just means feeling lighter in your body. It's an, it's on an individual basis. Some women don't care at all about losing weight, even if they are, you know, have some more weight that on their body, they just want to feel the emotional release. I have no, I like someone asked me the other day, are you a health at every size advocate? And I was like, no, like I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to stand for, for that. Like if somebody truly wants to experience lightness in their body, providing that they do it from a place of love and trust, then I can absolutely stand behind that because that's genuinely what that person wants. I think when we like blanket these things and say weight loss is is bad, you should not want weight loss. And it's like, it's each to their own. I will support that person in whatever they want to, whatever they want. If, if a lady says, okay, I want to lose weight, I'll say, that's great if that's your desire and let's call it weight release and let's do it from a place of love and trust rather than fear and running away from your body. Let's do it the actual, the right way. Um, so does that, does that answer your question? Does that touch on it? Absolutely. That's exactly what I was wondering. Cause it, mm-hmm. it's just, it is such a, I feel like I've noticed that, you know, that you can be body positive, but a lot of times it comes with anti Mm. weight stuff, like anti and putting it down, putting it down, putting it down. But like, ultimately what I want is for people to be the best versions of themselves. And mm. if that means that yeah. they're this weight, then they're this weight. If that means that they're eating this food, that means they're eating this food. Like, I don't even yeah. care. I just want you to be happy and enlightened and loving life and living passionately. And the problem mm. is weight loss obsessions is what takes people away from that. And that is yeah. when weight loss is terrible. And I can get mm. so enraged and angry because women think they need to lose weight to be happy. No, no, no. I don't want that. But at the same time, I don't want to put people down who are high mm-hmm. on life mm-hmm. because they feel so good in their body and they happen to be letting go of weight. Like, I don't want them to feel like, shame on you. I can't believe mm-hmm. you. You're you're letting go of weight. You're terrible. Like, that person's, like, high on life and they're loving everything and they're, like, making exactly. dreams happen. It's, like, good for that person. And then I feel bad for that person That's if they're getting attacked. And, like, I don't want – I just want people – I just want people to be happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very individual basis. And, you know – it's funny. I'm sure as I, as the movement grows, as the company grows, I'll be reprimanded for, you know, stuff that I say and people are not going to agree with it. And that's cool. Each to their own. Like, I don't really care. I know it works for my clients and people who are drawn to me are going to be drawn to my message and my, and my vision of, of what that looks like. And it is on an individual basis, 100%. Even though my programs are group programs, every single person has a different intention for what they want to achieve through the process. Yes, some are lightness. Yes, it is for sure. Some some want to release weight. It, some don't. I mean, it's completely fine. Some just want to repair their relationship with food and that's it. They just... They just want to wake up and not worry about calories. They want to wake up and not have to sit on their hands to resist whatever is in front of them, you know, and that is so valid and beautiful in itself. So it's very individual. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. It is so individual. And with my clients, like I, I've generally, I, uh, people who are attracted to my message, generally, they would not benefit whatsoever from 
even a half of a pound of weight loss at all. Like it's just that mindset of gotta be thinner, gotta be thinner, gotta be thinner. So I help them break that mindset and throw away the scales and, and Mm -hmm. just get so far away from the idea of weight loss as possible and start focusing on life gains and like where in your life can you gain? Like, what is it in your life that you want to be working on expanding and, and loving and like, what do you want more of? And what, what are you struggling with? Like weight is the last thing we ever talk about. And I'm personally very glad to be far away from that topic because it is so touchy. And I can see that this podcast is probably even going to be a little controversy for people who don't agree or mm. just like even the words weight next to release or anything like that could be offensive for people. And I never want to offend anyone. And I'm just wanting to open up the doors to possibilities and, and all of us just collectively coming together to say, we want people to be the best versions of themselves. And let's not judge each other for what that looks like, what that includes, Mm -hmm. because we don't know everyone's story. Like you're working with Mm -hmm. people who have sexual trauma. I have no idea what they're going through. I'll never, you know, hopefully we'll never understand, but like, Mm -hmm. thank goodness for people like you that can help these people, Mm -hmm. you know, have that emotional release and whatever byproduct is whatever byproduct. It doesn't even matter. What matters is the emotional release. Absolutely. Agreed. So you're, you're also very educated on being overwhelmed and like this world and how it's a very stressed place. How, how Mm. do we handle the stress Mm. and, and take care of ourselves and keep self care Mm. first? In a world where logic is valued over intuition, we are so up in our heads. And I, I know you, I know it, you know I'm on about. Um, we overthink, we overanalyze, we overobsess, we are just spinning our minds. And there's so much ment- mental anguish going on because we're not trusting ourselves. Like really, at the end of the day, We're just not trusting ourselves to the degree that we're capable of trusting ourselves. Our bodies are incredible vessels. You know, back in the day that our intuition saved us from death. And today we just pretend that we don't have them. In order to dissipate some of the overwhelm that the world is experiencing, we've got to just trust our bodies and trust our intuitions. And, you know, rather than looking at a laundry list of good foods or bad foods or the, you know, the, the latest trend or whatever. Why don't we just check in and ask, ask ourselves, what do we really need right now? What do we really re- need right now? And so often the objection I get is, Sam, I just, I don't trust myself at all. And it's because that particular person is trusting the part of them that has let them down in the past through restrictive dieting or, choosing the wrong relationship or whatever it is. And so the thought of trusting is scary and fearful. And what I educate women on is the fact that you have a deeper, more profound part of you that is capable of unlimited trust. And if you choose to start building that up through small practices, you're you're going to have access to so much more ease and clarity because you're going to fundamentally feel more supported in your body and your intuition, your higher source, God, wh- wh- however you want to call it, is supporting your journey. You're not doing, you don't have to do it alone. We think we do. We think we're alone. We think that no one understands us. We think that we've got it really bad and just choosing to trust, choosing love is, creates freedom. It really does. 
Is there an area in life that you think most people are against or not against, but they lack intuition the most Mm -hmm. in a particular, besides food? um, What else, what other area in life do you think people just always turn to other people to help them out with? Relationships for sure. Mm, Okay. Talk, talk about that because I love that you brought this up because I actually had someone ask me, someone snapped me the other day and was like, Hey Maddie, I know you went, went through a breakup recently. Can you tell me when do you know it's not working out? And mm. I was like, oh my gosh, that is a, such a good question because there's just so much I can say on this topic. Mm. What are your – you don't have to answer that necessarily because that's just a whole bunch. But with intuition, how do you – like what – how do you tap into your intuition with relationships? Oh, good one. I – it's so easy to get all up in your head when you're dating someone. It's so easy to like, you know, you meet someone, you're like, oh my God, we're going to be married forever and it's going to be great. And you like already are planning the wedding mm-hmm. and it takes us away from being super present into that connection. And so something I ask myself when I'm dating is who do I want to become in this relationship? How do I want to feel in this relationship? And so often when we are dating, we have this list of like qualities that we want him to possess, like tall, this, that, and the other, loyal, but we don't always check in with like, who do I want to become in this relationship? How do I want to feel in this relationship? And allowing yourself to be present in the connection and just really be present in the connection and just checking in with your body and ask yourself, how do I feel? How do I feel about the way he or she is treating me? How do I feel about the way I am in the relationship? Sometimes, you know, you date people and they just bring out the worst in you. (laughs) But you're like, but it's the one. It's so great. Let's just keep doing it. And then like five years down the line, you're like, oh, my God, what just happened? Or a couple years down the line. And you you got to be with someone who brings out the best version of you possible. I, I think this is my personal opinion. I mean, I've. I've dated people who've brought out so the best part of me and then I've dated people who've, who've just not. And I, you know, there's so much to talk about and it's not totally my wheelhouse, but relationships are hotbeds for healing. They are, you know, they're mirrors. So even if it's terrible, it's always learning. There's always learning. Like what is this person reflecting to me that I'm, not willing to see myself and you know people come into our lives for a season a reason or a lifetime so maybe that partner that you're currently with right now that you want to like rip their hair out maybe that's just a divine teacher and he's really he or she is really trying to just show you something about yourself that you've not yet looked at Mm, that is a new perspective honestly i didn't really think of it that way as in how do i want to feel in a relationship because yeah like we're taught to have lists. Like I, I, like I was told even when I, like my, my mom, even when I was little, I was like, write down all the things you want in your man. So you remember, <laughs> like, so yeah. I would write down these lists since I was young of like, okay, he has to be this, he has to be this. And I like every journal I have from my childhood has a list on it, like about this kind of thing, like not maybe childhood, but around middle school and up when I started liking yeah. boys, it was like, you have to be very, 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 very clear and precise of exactly what you want and have it on paper. <laughs> and yeah. that list of, has been something I've had to break out of my head because like no one, like I've had that list. I have dated that list and that list didn't work out for me. 
And mm-hmm. it's because I was focusing too much on the list and not enough on the the feeling and not enough on like, how do I want to feel? And at this point now, from I've learned from my past relationships, how I do want to feel, how I don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually, I know more of how I don't want to feel because I haven't quite felt that feeling mm-hmm. of how I do want to feel. I, I have a, I have an idea of what it feels like, but I haven't quite had it in a long mm-hmm a long-term relationship. I've had it like, you know, that feeling at the beginning of a relationship, you really don't know, like, because you're just so enamored. You're just so, Mm. it's Mm. the puppy love feeling like the beginning stages and it grows and it turns into real love. But then once you've been together for a while, you've got to go through crap. You got to experience real change and development and you got to do effort to, to make things work and compromises and then things can get lost. And then that's when you see how, how do I feel? Am I being taken advantage of? Am I growing? Am I being supported? Am I being put down? Am I being discouraged? Am I being enlightened? Like, what are you feeling? And, and, and there is no right or wrong. It's just, what is, what is, what do you want to feel? What do you want to feel right now? And can you see yourself can you see yourself feeling this way for the rest of your life with this person? Absolutely. Oh man, we should just do a whole episode on relationships. <laughs> we really could because there's just so much to talk about. And like that fear of that fear of, um, Oh God, the fear of like, okay, but if I, if we break up, am I, am I letting go of something that's meant to be like that yeah, one what, was the worst for me. That scarcity mindset though. Hey, like, that scarcity mindset will tumble us if we allow it. Like, oh, but he could be the one. What if I never find this again? Like, you know, that that kind of language. And we can do this with everything. We can do this with absolutely everything. Like, scarcity is so rooted in our world. And it's because it plays on our insecurities and makes us buy stuff we don't need. <laughs> Pretty much. Um However, it shows up with money, obviously. It shows up with relationships, with food. Oh, God. Endless, endless. If we can just like shift into an abundant mindset when it comes to relationships, you will be so better off. So better off. Mm-hmm. And you would say like one of the, the key things for you and for your clients and everyone in the world to develop a, a mindset of abundance and not scarcity is these meditations and manifestations mm-hmm. and, and, and that. Would that be a key component. It again, going back to like the beliefs is like, are you going to choose abundance or are you going to choose scarcity? Cause it's a choice, mm-hmm. right? And adapting an energy of uh, abundance and scarcity can't really coexist. They can dance, but they can't really coexist. Um, and when we're choosing abundance as an intention, every single day it is not localized to the one area so if we're working at just with food because it's a huge one um you know we'll, we'll notice in relationships our abundance factor goes up we'll notice in money our abundance factor goes up we'll notice in our business we'll notice in like all of these various relationships that actually abundance is a choice and it's not localized to one area. It has an effect on everything when we decide to ingrain it and to choose it. So going back to, you know, the meditations, Bob Proctor has this beautiful meditation called, I think it's just called abundance meditation. Um, and you can just Google it and it just like ingrains that energy of abundance in you every single morning. And it's just so beautiful. Mm, okay. I'm going to check that out too. Yay. 
So before mm-hmm. we go to the quick fire round, um, how do you best take care of yourself? Like we were talking about before this call, you've got so much going on. You've got, you're going to Europe, you're going to Bali later, you're going to San Diego, you're running a retreat. Like you've got mm-hmm. so much going on in your life. How do you best take care of yourself and continue to nurture, nourish what you need yourself, the downtime, the love while you have all these things going on around you, your physical senses are out of your control. How do you take care of your, your internal mm-hmm. senses? Great question. I play a lot. I love playing. Like, I just love it. Um, we don't play enough as adults. You know, like yesterday, I was like, I just want to go play in the woods. And so I did. I just went and grabbed my friend. We just like played in the woods or just like do silly things, just do artistic things, do things that I, that I used to do as a child. It really brings that like high vibing energy out when I'm just totally disconnected and I'm just in my essence playing. That's really important. So like play is my a priority. It's like, how can I make this more fun? How can I play more? Mm-hmm. And so when I'm in that space of like, I'm allowed to do this, giving myself permission to play is just so awesome. Secondly, my morning routine is the most important thing to me. When I don't do it, it's just like I can't function. So a uh, process called layering, waking up, going pee, brushing my teeth, getting back into bed, doing my meditation, doing my journaling and doing some reading. And then, then I'm ready for the day. Cause as soon as sort of eight 30 hits, I'm pretty much full on until, you know, eight 30 at night, um, with clients, with serving, with creating, with writing, with, um, speaking, whatever it is. Um, and I have to, I, I, I treat my role in life with a lot of responsibility. Like I genuinely believe that I have a divine responsibility from God to do this. And so it's also my responsibility to make sure I take care of myself so that I can take care of the people who choose to interact with me and and work with me. So yeah, that's what I do. And when I feel myself resenting people or getting that energetic, like, Ooh, it doesn't feel good. It feels sticky. I'm like, okay, tap out. It's time to go to the spa or it's time to like do something that's going to like bring in that essence of, of play and ease and lightness back in my life. Yes. Mm, So good. Where (laughs) can people find you online and connect with you? You can find me at, well, hungryforhappiness.com is the site. Instagram, at Hungry for Happiness, Instagram, at Samantha Skelly. I'm so, like, stoked on stories lately. I was just like, I don't <laughs> want to do Snapchat. And then, boom. <laughs> so I was, like, super stoked, stoked on that. So I've been, like, storing it up a notch. Um, Facebook, follow just my personal profile, uh, Samantha Skelly. I post a lot of videos and content and stuff there. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay, it's time for yeah. a quick fire round. Cool. All right, three words to describe you. Ooh, effervescent, optimistic, energized. Mm. Beach or the mountains? Beach. Favorite color? Teal. Spirit animal? Lion. Must read book? Feel the fear and do it anyway. If you could interview anybody, who would it be? Marion Williamson. Best movie you've watched in the past month? Bridesmaids. Oh, yes. Uh, Frozen yogurt, gelato, or ice cream? Gelato. A piece of clothing, makeup, or accessory that brightens your whole day? Red lipstick. Next country on your bucket list you want to visit? Peru. Currently, what's your favorite meal? Sushi. 
A fear you have faced and overcome. Spiders. <laughs> Last one. What makes your life exceptional? My friends. Yay. That was Yay. the fastest quick fire round of my life. <laughs> Honestly, normally awesome. people are like, um, <laughs> you know, or like, I don't like the, the favorite, the best movie you've watched in the past month usually gets everyone because apparently people don't watch movies and I watch movies <laughs> like, all the time. So oh good job. God. Like you win, you win. There you, you go. I've been, I watched movies cause it's been like summer here and I've just been like hanging out with my fam jam. <laughs> yeah. I love, I just, I freaking, I'm such a movie buff. I've, Whenever mm. my best friend and um, my best friend in fifth grade was a boy, and we were just like so goofy and weird, and like oh my gosh, mm. we were just so so goofy. But we went to the movies like three times a week because he That's was a awesome. huge movie buff, and he and in fifth grade was recording movies. He was making his own movies, producing like oh mini films. He was a genius. He lives in New York, and he does plays and all this stuff now, and he has this own music now on iTunes and he has concerts. He's just incredible. But anyways, awesome. my point was that I think that started my movie obsession as like <laughs> learning about all these movies. That's anyways, awesome. That's just a total tangent. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Samantha Skelly. Skelster. You are so welcome. Skelster. Oh my God. That is what people actually call me. That's hilarious. That you really? Yeah. Skelster, Skellmaster K, Skeleton, Skells, Skelly, Ska, all, all like the things. I like Skelster. I thought it was kind of like cool for, for calling Skelster. you that, but yeah, apparently girl. other people do. Just, you go for it. You can call me whatever you want. Well, thank you for coming on. This has been so much fun. I'm excited to hear the feedback on this episode and I can't wait to support you and everything you're up to and all that you're doing and everyone that wants to uh, go over to her links, of course, you can head straight there or you can go to the show notes for this episode 114. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And while you're on the show notes, while you're on my website, you can sign up for your free course and learn how to unleash your dreams and discover the passions you have hiding within, hiding inside. It's a five-part lesson course and i would love to hear your feedback and i would love to help you uncover those dreams thank you everyone i'll see you next week thanks guys